Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. Today is Thursday, June 19th, 2014, live right now from Citrus County, Florida. Thank you for tuning in, joining the chat room, wherever you may be. Open forum again tonight on the program, and there has been a lot of things going on the last few weeks in the trucking industry. We put them up on the show uh, description there to uh, kind of give ideas, but it is open forum, and you can... uh, Join into the conversation with anything you might like. Many things going on, like I said, uh, amendment to the 34-hour restart provision, uh, OIDA and FMCSA disagreeing on uh, the really the same issue, Donna, correct? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the chat room. I wasn't paying attention. Well, OIDA and FMCSA with a 34-hour restart and all that stuff. Yeah. They yeah. Were, well, that was more or less when um, they uh, wanted to, I guess, give give Ann Farrow the boot. Yeah. Yeah. So several things going on. Uh, of course, the uh, Maxim Magazine serial killer ad, that really got everybody stirred up. And, of course, a tragic accident in New Jersey involving the Walmart driver. So a lot of things going on in the industry, and this is open forum, and we'll give you the opportunity to join into the conversation, 347-826-9170 on this program, Trucking Live Open Forum, and it's all coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. 
Hey everybody, Alan Smith here from Truth About Trucking Live and AskTheTrucker.com and I want to tell you about TCRG Consulting. TCRG is a division of Transportation Compliance Resource Group and with over 30 years of compliance and regulatory training and consulting, they are the company that can help you from the very startup of your new trucking commercial business to keeping your company compliant and up to date on the ever-changing federal motor carrier regulations. Their goal is to help their clients to comply with the FMCSRs. TCRG Consulting makes your DOT compliance easy and understandable, and they work hard to prevent interruption of your daily operations. So if you're having trouble with DOT, just think TCRG. Their services include obtaining DOT numbers, obtaining operating authority, new entrant carrier setup and training, driver qualifications, driver drug and alcohol training, maintenance records, CSA carrier reviews and counseling, data queue filings, plus a whole lot more. Their online special for drivers and owner-operators is offering a yearly consulting service for only $99. So for $99 a year, you have access to online compliance chat, free telephone consultations up to 15 minutes per call, data queue filings, and you'll be able to keep up with the ever-changing regulations with an expert, not the guy or gal in the truck next to you. So for more information, go to their website at tcrgconsulting.com or email Email them at regguy at comcast.net. You can get a quote or ask an online question. So remember, if you're having trouble with DOT, just think TCRG. TCRG Consulting, information and assistance to help you comply. Check them out, tcrgconsulting.com. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Thanks to everyone joining in the chat room and online. Callers and listeners, I see here Texas, North Dakota, Alabama, Illinois, New York, Washington. Uh, looks like Washington State, uh, Michigan, Oklahoma, Arkansas, just to name a few. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And, uh, Donna, how do you want to start this thing off? you want to open the line? Boy, I don't you know. Have, uh, I mean, there's <clears throat> so much going on. Well, you've got, uh, let's see. It started out. It started out with the uh, amendment, the Collins Amendment, with the transportation bill, and from there, where did it go? It led to um, yeah. the uh, Ann Farrow and her uh, blog post on the DOT website, uh, appealing to. Well, you know, they definitely didn't agree with the amendment, which was going to change the um, the restart provision. And then what happened? OIDA um, got mad and and the monitor. OIDA wants FMCSA in the ultimate fighting octagon cage. Yeah. <laughs> They're ready to duke it out. And, oh, I think, oh, in between all that, before that happened, wasn't there the Maxim ad? Or Oh, yeah, that, yeah. And, yeah, and, that came. That got everybody stirred up. 
And then Rightfully we, so. And then we had, um, let's see, I'm trying to th- And then the Walmart crash. Yeah, and a lot of people, I think, uh, think that this uh, 34-hour restart amendment came about through because of that Walmart crash, but that actually was in the books before that tragedy took place. So that got everybody to say, um, now look, uh, look, they even want to cut drivers' uh, hours of sleep more. Uh, so that brought more attention. So anyway, I know Richard Wilson's just about having a heart attack over all this. Um, he, so I, I, I'm sure he's going to want to get on the line, but I don't know. I can't see the switchboard, so I don't know what's going on. But I think the, the, the I guess the hours of service is really the rule is really the root of everything, ELDs and 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 everything. So um, I don't know. We, you know where you want to go with that i mean um you're the driver and you understand these hours and let me ask you a question alan um i know it doesn't apply now because you know you're a um what do you call that uh intrastate driver yeah intralocal uh-huh. okay <clears throat> but when you were out on the road how would you have felt if you had to do this one in five hour you know thing that's that the Collins amendment was trying to uh well, suspend. I, think I, I think I'm on board with all the other the majority of the drivers out there. I mean I wouldn't have liked it at all because I mean I'm one of I was one of those drivers who who planned his trips for night driving, for late driving and is very, very simple uh just to avoid the rush hour traffic, just like you see all over the social media. I mean this really isn't a no brainer. So, I mean, I didn't want to travel up through the I-95 corridor through New York City up into Connecticut at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I would stop in Delaware at the Petro there at the line, at the um, uh, Maryland and Delaware line, the big Petro there, catch my sleep and rest and get up early, early, and zoom right through there before the major traffic. So, I mean, now to shut down at between 1 and 5 a.m. and all that, uh, it's, it's just making it more more tiring and more dangerous, you know, for the uh, for the drivers out there. So, uh, you know, again, it's really just no brainer. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is, you know, we just had posted. I mean, everybody talks about the safety advocates and how they don't get it. They don't get it. Uh, John put a video on our um, wall, and I'm trying to find it right now, and. We watched it because, you know, the show was starting, so we couldn't watch it for too long. But it was points that the safety advocates want to address as far as truck driver fatigue goes. And some of the things that they want to address um, are actually, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here for a second, okay? Uh, But some of the things they want to address is for drivers, and they want to address drivers paid for all their hours, drivers uh, a mandatory po- a mandatory posting of the Surface Transportation Act, uh, drivers' rights so that shippers, freight brokers, receivers, freight forwarders are all made accountable for illegal HOS violations. They do want EOBRs. Um, Available, and, and this is what shocked me when I looked at the video. Um, did it? Sh- I mean, did you see this when yeah. it was posted? Available safe 
rest areas. Rest areas, yeah. It's, I, it's actually pretty amazing because, I mean, uh, we, we, we write and talk about and discuss safety advocates and, oh, you know, there's so much against the drivers. And, you know, they've, they've experienced tragedies. We all understand that. But if you dig a little bit deeper, Donna, I think that's where you're headed is um, what, what these safe, some of these safety advocate groups, like in the video, what they're fighting for could ultimately, it's a double-edged sword, could actually help the driver. Well, it, it could, and I know Rich isn't going to uh, agree with this. Well, Richard better agree. <laughs> but I we've, mean, we've got a we've got a, a line full of callers, so we'll get oh, to them here. Okay, but I just want to, and and you know, this is a good, you know, it's a good debate because um, even though when they post, it's like God, these people just don't get it. This amendment would make it safer, and. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't see that. That's the only problem I, I don't understand is why they could not see that preventing drivers from, um, you know, driving during those hours would be safe. So, I mean, it's it's a good debate, and I think I think it's worthy of uh, discussion here tonight. And thanks, John, for, for posting that video. Yeah, it was a good video. I, I tell you what, we're going to open up the lines. Uh, I'll take your calls uh, in the order they come. And uh, first up, let me see here. There are a bunch of them up here. First up, I'm looking at the time that they've been holding. Uh, Alabama, area code 205, you're first up. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. I have a question. Okay. Uh, I just graduated from trucking school uh, May 2nd. I'm paralyzing my left arm. I had a waiver to go to trucking school. Now I'm waiting on to get a two-year waiver to start work. So the man that's down there um, to do the evaluation on me, he kind of refused to do the evaluation because he want me to turn the steering wheel with my left arm and grip and things like that with my left arm and I told him I can't because my left arm is paralyzed uh-huh. so can I still get the waiver because he was saying something about it's required for this and that but the waiver is for impaired arm impaired limb, fingers, legs things like that yeah I mean yeah, I, I, I think you can I mean boy I wish we had a lame path on here like we had planned uh, but I, I believe, I mean, the, the DOT doctor is doing what, I, you know, he or she is supposed to do, but that's, uh, that's what the waiver is for. And really that, that yeah. doctor c- cannot, you know, he can't do anything without you first having that waiver, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, have you You're applied right. for the waiver? Yes, he also will be doing an evaluation on me Thursday, this Thursday. But in the beginning, he was telling me that he couldn't do it. Because he was telling me, if I bring the truck down there to him, can I hold, can I grab the stick with my left arm? And I told him no. He said, can I turn the steering wheel with my left arm? I told him no, because it's paralyzed. So he was like, well, I'm going to have to fail you before you get into the truck. Hmm. So I didn't really, really understand it. Because I have my CDL license. I tested with the state, and I passed through trucking school. Oh, you did? Well, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, so, uh, but you haven't got your, your medical card? I have my um, medical. I don't have a two-year waiver to start working, because because I can't go to work or go through orientation without the two-year waiver. So you're just waiting on that. 
Well, I mean that's odd because you, that's odd because you have your CDL, you have your you have your DOT medical card. Uh, yes, sir. That's what that's all you need to to be able to drive a truck. Um, okay, well, Rich just said in the chat room he passed Georgia, Alabama won't give it to him. Oh well, okay. Let me get let me get Richard on here then, and uh, we'll. Uh, hey, hey, Richard. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. Okay, that's you. I have a whole bunch of numbers up here, but oh, you you know this story? Oh yeah, him and I have talked already. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if he if if he has the CDL and his DOT medical card, uh, that's that's all he needs to drive. Well, the the thing is, Alabama doesn't have a um, uh, the the waiver that he needs. Remember, I talked to you about that man. We said yes. he might have to go back to Georgia. Yes, sir. Well, has Alabama now decided? Or? Is Alabama going to give you the test now? Uh, I called about the intrastate waiver. They told me they don't do that anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah. But but are they uh, is he gonna give you a reevaluation? Oh, yeah. oh yes, sir, he changed his mind. Now he wanna to come to the school and do an evaluation. That's great. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah, what that's I wanted good. to hear. Yeah, because that's what yeah. you and I talked about. Yes, sir. But something somebody didn't talk to him and he didn't change his mind, now he wanna do the evaluation now. Funny how things like that happen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I still don't <laughs> don't understand it though from him. From him, like the client of me telling me, if you bring, he's like, I don't want to hurt your feeling if you can't grab a stick or turn the steering wheel with your left arm. Right. Like, my left arm is impaired. That's what the waiver is for. Right. So he was like, exactly. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter now. Apparently, he's gonna he's gonna see you and give you your test. You're right. So good luck with that. Thank well, thank. I'm ready to go to work. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're just uh, so you're just waiting for the waiver. Yes, sir. They're waiting for the waiver. I'm, uh, I'm pre-high with Avery Express, and I can't come to orientation without the two-year waiver. Oh, cool. So you've got a job and everything. You're just waiting for the waiting for the paper. Yes, sir. Hey, man, it's a lot better than the last time I talked to you. Good news. I'm glad to hear it, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay. All right. Well, I was just I was, I was just trying to get like a better understanding. Like, is that right with him doing that or? Oh yeah, yeah. You mean the doctor, the examiner? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That he's he's in he's fully in his rights to do that. I mean, he has to uh, he has to go by the FMCSA regulations and mandatories for you know DOT exams. So yeah, he's he's completely in his right. So you get that waiver, and uh, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed. You should be ready to go. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank. All right. All right. Hey, good luck. Thank you. Um, all right, uh, I, <laughs> Richard, I, I I put you on hold to get the callers ahead of you. Sorry, but we'll get back to you. Let's see. Let me get. Let me make some uh, some notes here because uh, switchboard is just full. Um, uh, let me. Okay. Let me go down here to. Let me see where this is from. Uh, stick with me, people. I just got a lot of a. Uh, a lot of people want. By to the talk way, here. for for everybody who's listening, that was uh, Richard Wilson of TCRG Consulting. So we're glad he's listening tonight to uh, give his input. And I think we gave him your number, Rich. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember because we get a lot of calls. But if you say you talk to him, I have a feeling 
I feeling we did, but thanks, uh, thanks oh, for that. Oh, we'll have them back on here. I'm just kind of grabbing the ones ahead. We'll go to Vermont, area code 802. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Donna. Sorry, hey. Hi, John. Hey. Thanks for that video. Yeah, we had a good we we had a good little conversation going on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know, I just wanted to, to um, you know, agree with what you said there. I mean, I, I, I don't think that everything the safety groups are trying to do are bad. I mean, I do think that uh, uh, we need less hours and higher pay. Um, yeah. It, it, a, whole, a whole bunch of it sounds like, you know, pre-deregulation. Um, I mean, if uh, it's almost like they want to revert back to the past to some degree. I don't agree with everything. I mean, the uh, right. I think the uh, the hours of service rules. I still think we need flexibility. I don't uh, think that everyone should be mandated to have a uh, ELD. But you know, as far as higher pay and less hours, I mean, um, you know. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, they're pushing everybody to the limit. I mean, in the trucking companies, you know, if you can work 14 hours a day, you know, they're going to take full advantage of it. Whatever they can get out of you, they want to get out of you. Um, so, I mean, these rules were supposed to be, you know, just to, to make sure nobody went over a certain limit. But it's, like, become the norm now. It's, uh, you know, everybody, <laughs> if they can get you to go for 14 hours, they will. I mean, uh, right, it's, right. So, um you know, I, um, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I don't know how you convince Congress that um, this whole concept of deregulation, which is intense competition, um, you know, really didn't do what it was supposed to do. I mean, and, and the bottom line is all it did was make the big corporations richer in the long run. Well, it did lower that, prices, but at the cost of, of who? And you know, I think that's the cost of the American workers. I mean, and, and, and this is not just in the trucking industry, it's across the board in the middle class. I mean, this deregulation and uh, uh, the ability to global economy, I mean, it, it, it enabled, dude, these corporations just went overseas and started manufacturing things for pennies on the dollar and shipping them back into the U.S. So it lowered prices to some degree, and I'm not 100 percent sure it lowered them all that much because they're still getting a pretty penny for the goods over here. Um, but it enabled these corporations to make, you know, huge profits, and <laughs> they're using us as slave labor to get the uh, the goods into the stores. And um, uh, you know, I, you know, again, yeah, well, I, mean, I still think I, I still think drivers <laughs> need some form of representation, some type of a union, but. Uh, you know, that's just my opinion, because everybody else, you see the way they have the, all these groups, the ATA, OIDA, everybody else is out there, you know, pushing for this and pushing for that. The drivers in general have nobody, uh, unless you belong to the team. So who do you have pushing for you? Um, so. Well, OIDA, um, you know, they, they do a lot of lobbying, and, I mean, there's a lot of uh, – not everybody's on board right now, you know, the way they are doing things. Um, I do think the majority – the majority is supporting them. Um, there's some people I know who were not supporting that resignation, uh, calling for the resignation of Ann Farrell, and they've been vocal about that also. So it's kind of dividing, but um, 
you know, I mean, I think Oida pretty much is is who we have, really, yeah. uh, right now. I don't think that that's uh, that's enough. I mean, I think a lot more would if the drivers united um, and uh, you know try to reach a common goal. Uh, a much better chance of getting something to change. I mean, because it, it, it's the driver's voice that isn't being heard um, enough. Um, it's it's really the uh, uh, the big companies, the uh, trucking companies, uh, the ATA. They, they're all being heard, but there's not enough coming from the drivers themselves to push, uh, you know, appropriate changes. And uh, until that happens, I mean, I don't think we're really going to get. Uh, the pay, and uh, I don't think we're going to get decent working conditions or decent hours. And this is pretty much just a throwback to what it was uh, prior to the rise of the labor unions. So, Well, I'd be very interested um, because I kind of opened this can of worms. You actually opened the can of worms tonight um, with yeah. Rich. So I'm, I, I kind of want to... I want to hear what he has to say uh, about this, too. I don't know if his line is open or not. but Yeah, Rich, I got your line back open. And then, uh, listen, we still have callers from uh, New York, Texas, and North Dakota, and uh, oh, a few other little places. We're going to get to you. But, Rich, what do you think? Um, well, I think one thing is <clears throat> it's a... There's so much out there that I think the restart portion, it's in Collins's uh, being addressed, uh, proved that it wasn't actually anything promoting safety. I think it was a, a kind of a trade-off that uh, FMCSA traded off with uh, the advocate groups to because of all the court cases, and I think they were all tired of going to court over hours of service, so they wanted something in there, and they put it in there, and now after it's been in place for a year, it showed no significant increase in safety. Um, the one in five hours starts are putting more trucks on the road and worse traffic. I think it's, and, and, and I think not being able to take a 34 hour restart within 168 hours takes away a certain amount of uh, income for certain people out there that don't run a nine to five or a, you know, a seven day a week run or, or home every weekend. And you got to take it all into considerations, and the economic impact is going to be um, larger on the smaller carrier. Um, but as far as pushing things through, I, I don't agree with every with everything that the advocates say, but they said a lot of good things, which to me shows where what we've been doing is working because even the harshest groups against trucking are acknowledging some of the things we're asking for. So are they exactly. throwing a cookie throwing a cookie out there to get our support? Sure. But are they going to get our support on everything? No, because we don't agree on everything. We're kind of like drivers are kind of like the senators today. Instead of voting on the amendment, they all got into a fight with each other. Yeah, there's always this bickering going on. I tell you what, I'm just going to leave uh, it – it, open for and I'm just going to leave your line open when uh, when I bring you on the air and if you want to keep listening or if you uh, uh, if you're done with what you have to say just tell me. Other than that, I will leave your leave all the lines open because it is an open forum. We can just all jump in. Uh, next one up, New York, area code six zero seven. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Hi, hi, John. It's Tom. How are you doing tonight? Hey Tom. Oh, hey Tom, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. 
Uh, I've got a bit of a maybe a contrarian viewpoint on, on some of the hours of service and Pharaoh situation. Uh, I'm one of the oddballs that doesn't agree with with uh, Elida in calling for Ann Farrell's resignation, primarily because if you look at this administration and their track record for appointing uh, replacement uh, administrators, how many of them can we honestly say are better than the previous one? Most of them have been far worse, and I, and my concern is. If you go and start doing some of the research on Farrell, a lot of the policies she's been implementing were from directly from the listening sessions from the drivers. There were drivers complaining, my company is making me come home of a weekend and leave you know, immediately after my 34-hour reset. I'm coming in at these weird hours, having to lead a weird hours. If I spend any time with my family, I'm not getting sufficient rest. So there was two basic options for the restart. Option one, just get rid of the restart completely and go back to the you know the, the, the pre-restart provisions where you had to run off your recap, or put in the one and five. They went with the one and five. I'm not saying I agree with it, but the drivers were asking for something, and the drivers got what they didn't realize what they were asking for. They were asking for a change, and now that they've got their change, they don't like it. Uh, if you look at the 30-minute lunch break, which a lot of drivers, including myself, are not thrilled with, it was because drivers were saying, we're being forced by our companies to drive 11 hours. So they threw in the 30-minute lunch break. You know, Ann is, if anything, Ann's listening maybe a little too good on some of these issues. But at least she's trying to listen to the drivers. If you listen to her in some of her interviews, she's actually um, saying if she had her way, she thinks one of the biggest things that would help improve driver safety is our wages. Unfortunately, she has no control over our wages. She can't do a thing about our wages. That's not part of the FMCSA. But what she can do is control our hours of service. So, yes, some of these regulations stink. But if we look at them as what they are, a tool to which we can use to maybe work with our companies to work with the shippers and receivers to start paying us for our time. If you look at Europe, for example, uh, if I remember correctly, if they're in the dock much more than 15 minutes, they start getting paid detention time. That's part of their negotiated contracts, and they've been using the electronic logging devices even longer than we have. I want to say going on 15, 20 years. Do I like the ELDs personally? I can take them or leave them. But the thing is, if we get rid of Ann, who are we going to get in to replace her? And is she going to be even better or is she going to be worse? Because if you look at some of these people that the administration has recently replaced, let's say in coal and whatever, they're actually anti-coal, anti-this, anti-that. And they're the ones that are now running that organization. You know, one of the new heads of the FDA is a former Monsanto executive. So right. I don't think we can trust this administration to actually put in somebody who, if they are familiar with the industry, number one, that they're going to actually look out for the driver's interests versus the K Street interests. And I think that's something we've got to be very careful because everybody kept saying we want health care. How many drivers are happy with the new health care plan? We've got to be careful saying we want change, and that's the main reason why I'm disagreeing with OIDA. I'm not saying Ann Farrow is perfect. By, by all means, there's many things I disagree with her on. That said, I'm also not sure if we're going to get anybody better 
during the remainder of her term. So I think we're better off working with her. And like John said, working with some of these groups, because if we get right down to it, I think everybody would agree the reason why drivers work so hard is we need to, we need to make more money. If you look right. at what drivers are making back in the early 80s and 90s, they were working less hours and making more money than what we are now. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, listen, there's some kind of, I don't know if it's your phone, there's some kind of pinging noise going on. I'll, I'll see how that goes. But uh, I just want to um, interject, and I won't take time because I know you have a lot of callers, but at this last uh, Matt's uh, uh, show, James Lamb of the AIPPA brought this up about higher wages, and he addressed it for both owner-operators and for um, company drivers. And the first thing he he brought up was the fact that if you had uh, open transparency, rate transparency among brokers, that it would raise the rates. And he said that, uh, in his opinion, that would um, trickle down to drivers. Now, I don't know if it would. I mean, it, it sounds logical. Of course, a lot of things that sound logical, you know, just like hours of service sounds logical on paper, and then it isn't. Uh, but I, I will say this, that if driver pay was increased, I don't think hours of service would be uh, such an issue. And, uh, you know, and I think Richard would agree on that. Uh, right, Rich? I mean, really, if, if driver pay was, wasn't an issue? No, oh, it, it, it very well would impact it. If, if, like he was saying, if we could get back to how much we were making back in the 80s and, and in the early 90s, or the latter 70s and even early 80s, um, uh, uh, if you made just what we made back in those days, at today's levels would be better than what drivers are currently getting. But you figure we were living back then in the 70s and 80s and driving, and we're probably some of the best-paying people in the area. Yeah, well, you know, one reason drivers violate HOS and, and run without sleep, I mean, it all has to do, I mean, you know, the majority gets paid by mile. They got to, uh, you know, they got to run. I mean, so, you know, it's kind of uh, obvious if they, op- if you know, if the driver pay would ever increase, that could do, uh, you know, help just as, you know, we're saying here. But, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of with John. I don't know how that's ever going to, to go. I mean, that's why I was saying with these advocates and, you know, when people are that motivated and these people have a lot of motivation behind them, um, if if they do get it, and I was shocked to see all the, the issues they want to address uh, because a lot of them were driver issues. A lot of the issues were what we've been talking yes. about writing about. So, so yeah. if we ever had them on our side and fighting for these issues, which makes me think that, Wow, they, maybe they really do get it now uh, in some respect. Uh, in others, they don't. But in certain things, can you imagine if they were now fighting for higher wages for, for drivers? I mean, well, it's I a mean, good group to get on your side. Well, and I mean, and in a way, uh, between the lines, they, they kind of are. But, hey, let me go back to, real quick to my, uh, my friend there in Alabama. What's your name? What's your first name? Uh, Mike. Mike, okay. Mike, I've got your line open. Uh, I just realized I didn't have it open, so feel free to join in the conversation. So Mike, Richard, 
John, Tom, your lines are all still open. Uh, let's go to next one up, Texas, area code 903. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Alan, Donna, and uh, I just, I've, everybody's talking about Ann Farrow. I, for one, Donna sent out the notice about the hearing that was being, or the session that was being televised between a committee, Ann Farrow, there was a gentleman from FedEx, there was a lady from Colonial Freight. I watched that, and by watching that, I learned how to find the other programs, that, the listening sessions that had been recorded. A lot of them I listened to myself, and then I went back and listened to all. And everything that everybody said before she started the 14-hour rule was flexibility. I been out here for 35 years. I don't have right. an issue with the ELDs if I have flexibility. And in my comments on this last proposal, uh, where they let us make comments, I object to being treated like a robot. I am a human being. They are trying to take the human element out of it. They think we're all robots, and we are not. If they can't take enough time in the training schools to let these students learn when their body and their mind is telling them that they are tired and they need to take a break, then there is something wrong with that curriculum. And until we get a standardized curriculum and until they understand that it's not all about the money that's going in the coffers from these so-called training schools, it was supposed to be about safety. Right. They want to train more people to generate revenue, so they're paying taxes to go into the coffers of the government. But flexibility is the key issue. It was mentioned in every one of those listening sessions prior to the 14-hour rule, and it doesn't exist in my comments. And I told them that, and I asked them to look up the meaning of the word flexibility and give it some heavy thought. And I think right there would would change a lot of things. We don't need all these one defies and telling us just because it sounds good on paper to tell me I need to sleep from 1 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the morning, two straight mornings, doesn't make it happen for me. And I'm sure that, Rich, you've been out here driving, Alan, you've driven. It just doesn't work that way in humanity. Come on. So you're saying... So, so Sandy, Sandy, this is Sandy, right? Yeah. Let, let me just add real quick here. We've got a we've got a major thunderstorm rolling in. Donna's computer just just went blank. So uh, I'm going to get uh, the other callers on here. Try to get everybody on here just in case we get blown off here. I'm still going strong. Yeah, Go I, I want to I want to address that too. Yeah. Um, definitely. And if we lose everybody, you know, we can't help Mother Nature here. But uh, in other words, what you're saying is that she didn't listen, that flexibility was the major point everybody made, and instead uh, this whole spiel with the one to five and all like that. Is that what you're saying, that you, you don't feel she did listen? No, she didn't, because right okay. now with that 14-hour rule, it's just like you've got a stick of dynamite, and you put a 14-hour non-stoppable fuse on there. 
And when you draw that line down for the start your 14 hours, you can't stop it until it hits that dynamite and explodes. You're done. And the the other thing I want to bring up is uh, the Sandy. You and I sat together during the listening session at uh, Matt's, correct? Yes. Yes. And for the CDL training, and. I, where it, where did all that go? I mean, to me, uh, that's a priority. Absolutely. Okay. They, for 20 years, they have been, the politicians have been asking them to give them uh, a, a uh, well, what did I just say? I'm driving and I can't make notes. A, standard, edu- a standard of education. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And they still can't get it. Yet they can come in and cut the hours, change the rules, so that these states can uh, uh, levy fines and make money and cut the income of the drivers. And as far as drivers' wages increasing, yes, that's a wonderful thing. Everybody wants to make more money. But guess what that's going to do to the goods that that we have to buy? We're not. It's, it's like the guys in the union that every time they would get a raise. My father worked in a union plant, and every time they got a contract and got a raise, you go to the grocery store and they start mocking up everything. It was first in the grocery stores, and it followed in I, all. I, the I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think you just see more companies coming back to America, doing business here, and uh, the corporations would just take have to take less profits. The CEOs wouldn't make as much. Uh, well, right now, they're putting it all in their pockets. I agree, but it's like the driving school. They we, charge, what, five, eight, eight, five to $8,000 for a two-week course, and they think that they can turn a driver out in that amount of time? I don't uh, think so. No, they turn out Sandy, a CDL holder. Uh, I, <laughs> right. Sandy, okay, hey. I, let, I got a quick question for you, if I can, Alan. Uh, yeah, just, yeah hold on. Hold, hold, sure. Oh, hold on just a second, Rich. Uh, what I'm trying to do here is uh, we've got major lightning and thunder going on, and I want to get everybody on, at least open up their lines. Uh, Texas Area Code 210, who do we have here? Yeah, this is Jeff. How you doing? Can you hear me? I think they just went off the air, Jeff. I oh, can hear great. you, Jeff. I can, can you hear me all right? <laughs> I hear you fine, Jeff. <laughs> Okay. I hear, I hear yeah. you, Jeff, but I, 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 I think we lost that one. Yeah. Okay, anyway. anyway we well, conversation. <laughs> okay, well, let me, uh, well, I guess we're going to have a good conversation, Nathan, if we're doing that. But anyway, uh, let me clarify a couple of things before I get started here. But uh, first of all, I'm not uh, in support of the, uh, of the 34-hour uh, one-to-five requirement that they have in there because every driver runs different hours usually, especially if you have a lot of guys that run not to pull refrigerated trailers, livestock, stuff like that. And for another thing, um, and I, I hope Rich is listening when I say this, I am not for an ELD mandate. Even though I use ELDs myself, the only uh, mandate for ELDs should be those uh, repeat offender carriers that uh, – Yep. Generally violate the hours yep. of service rules. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. Okay. Hey, I don't have a problem with hey, that rule I, because I, that rule's in place right now. Why don't they enforce it? Hey, everybody. Let well, me. Uh, hey, let me let me jump in here. We are back on, but you guys kept the show rolling, so I appreciate it. Go ahead. 
Okay, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to wanted to clarify that and everything. And uh, but one thing I want to ask you, Rich, um, that Collins Amendment uh, is there some language in there that uh, would uh, issue a full mandate for ELDs if we if that uh, actually goes through? Is there any kind of language pertaining to that? Yes or no? No, Chuck Schumer introduced that. Okay, well, according to Politico, um, they are saying it is in the Collins Amendment. The Collins Amendment I read, all it does is take it back to it and to the pre-2013 and leaves in the 30-minute stop. But the ELD mandate, it's not being mandated. It's just going to say that part of it's looking into it, which they've been looking into it and everything they passed. Well, I think, yeah. or, or maybe maybe I rephrase, maybe I phrase it wrong. I think they, I think they actually gave them a timeline for when they have to have the rule out, and it was to speed up the process. Yeah, so, yeah. At least well, according yeah, to Politico, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be come January first. of, it's supposed to be January of 2015. They were supposed to have it by. Right. Okay. They're supposed to have the yeah. report in front of Congress by the um, by January. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Well, as far as Dan Farrell, I have to agree with Tom 100. Uh, percent there's one thing a lot of people don't seem to understand about Ann Farrow is that she has to answer the people above her. She's not the one that's making everything happen as far as the regulations go. There's lawmakers above her, and I think OYDA, and everybody needs to realize that instead of simply using Ann Farrow as a scapegoat, I mean, how many transportation secretaries have been as visible as Ann Farrow as far as, you know, visible and accessible to us as drivers? Think about it. Well, suppose, suppose the ulterior the motive behind Ann Farrow is Obama wants to uh, raise the status of the middle class, and he's trying to get the wages to go up and the hours to go down. And maybe uh, her rules, she's just pushing as much as she can to accomplish that goal. She's just the That's administrator. Her. The rules are coming up for Mixac. Mixac, yeah, that's where the rules are coming out of. And all Ann does as far as the regulations themselves and as administrator, she takes what's put on her desk, and if she approves it, she signs it. If she doesn't approve it, she can send it back. So all her, really, as administrator, her position is to take what's already been discussed and hashed out two and three years prior to that. Yeah, let me ask you, it's just one of those things where I think uh, people are being a little bit too hard on her. I'd like to have... uh, Debbie come in and she's on hold. Uh, here goes 701. I'd like to have her come in and uh, speak her mind on this matter. Well, we, uh, yeah, I was going to do that. That's what I was trying to do before the lightning knocked me off. And uh, but I don't see uh, I don't see her up here right now, Jeff. But if she pops up, I sure will. I, I'm curious. Okay. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Mike, there in Alabama. I'm going to drag you into this conversation, whether you like it or not. As someone who uh, <laughs> who is just. Uh, Trying to begin a trucking career. What do you? What do you? Yes, are you sir. following all of this? What do you think about all this? I'm new to it. I'm, I'm learning. Step by step. <laughs> You're just listening. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm little, but I do have another question, though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay. When I go to orientation for the physical, uh, what is they require me to lift like a sixty between sixty and hundred pounds with my right arm because my left arm is paralyzed, or with that waiver kind of like? push me back at? Well, the waiver well, the Like, would a waiver kind of weigh me by lifting up uh, weights or anything during the physical? Or the well, I took, a, I, I took an orientation physical uh, just over four years ago when I returned to my current carrier. 
And uh, they did make you pick up a weighted crate and uh, carry it a certain distance and then set it down and uh, stuff like that. But if you have a paralyzed arm, I they got to give you some kind of concession on that deal, man. Because, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I'll, of course, your arm that's uh, still enabled, I'm pretty sure, is pretty strong. But that's a lot of weight. It'd be hard on yeah. your spine to walk a lot side with that much weight in one arm. Yeah, you're right. Because I can lift probably like 50 to 60 pounds with one arm, like one dumbbell. I can do that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I know. Mean, they're going to have to do something, Richard. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of lumping going on. You know, a lot of drivers have to unload the truck. They have to palletize. Uh, it's going to be kind of difficult with one arm. Not that it can't be done. might be at a slower yeah. pace, but that, uh, Richard, and – and uh, Deb from North North Dakota, she's back up here. I'm going to grab her on here. But Richard, wouldn't that waiver would that waiver uh, would take that into consideration? The medical qualification uh, addresses it as grip. Uh, you have to have so much grip and be able to hand hold a um, certain cylindrical object, i.e., steering wheel, with a certain mm-hmm. amount of grip on each arm, and that's what they base the qualification and dequ- and unqualification of. So. Uh, the lumper part would be more under the question, can you perform the duties assigned to you, which would be more of an employer. Okay. So, uh, well, listen, Mike, Jeff, Richard, Sandy, John, Tom, uh, all your lines are open, open forum on Truth About Trucking Live. Now we're going to go to Deb in North Dakota. Lines open. We've got about 10 feet of water all of a sudden outside our door here, but welcome to the show, Deb. <laughs> oh, we thought it was back at home. Man, I tell you what, that came from nowhere, and I looked, I got up and looked out the window, and <laughs> maybe not 10 feet, but there's a, there's, there's a good six inches out there. I wish I was back at home, but I posted on your wall my feelings about this. Um, I am really tired of all the truckers whining. You know, we brought this on ourselves. I mean, look at the idiot in Tennessee just recently who got mad because a car cut him off and decided to teach him a lesson. You know, we're the ones that make ourselves look bad out here. Before any change needs to come about, it needs to come from within the trucking industry. Drivers need to start calling each other out on this crap that we're doing out here. I mean, it is freaking unbelievable. They're blaming about the four-wheelers. Uh-uh, start looking at the trucks. Amen. I'm sorry. I am sorry that Walmart truck crashed into somebody. I'm very sorry that happened. He was speeding in a freaking construction zone. You know, and Was that established now? Another black eye for our industry, yeah. Um, what about... Um, just recently, there was an accident down on US 27, down south of where I live, where a tractor trailer plowed into a tractor, a slow-moving tractor on the side of the road that had the triangles on, had its flashers on. The guy wasn't paying attention and plowed into him. Another accident like that up on I-4 recently, up on, not on I-4, but on the turnpike, where another trucker plowed into the back end of somebody. Start looking at ourselves before we start calling the four-wheelers out. I'm so sick well, of whining. Well, uh, I think it's a two-way street, though. I think I think you know there's a there's a big debate on that, and there's no well, doubt. There's no debate. I mean, come on, let's let's be realistic. I mean, four wheelers are horrible drivers, and they're 81% cause of uh, uh, truck and car crashes in 
And so I mean, Thank it's it's both it's both sides. But Deb, you're I mean, yeah, I I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, there is a multitude of drivers out there that's a black eye to the industry. Hold on, one, there's one huge. There's one huge difference, and Deb's starting to sum it up. We're the professionals. We're supposed to know better. You know, exactly. Yes, 80%, 80% of the cars may be the biggest cause of the accidents, but the problem is it's that 5% 5 to 10% of the truck drivers that are making us all look like idiots. You know, it's the ones that look, you know, look at, that go out dressed looking like something out of the Beverly Hillbillies, only worse, that gives us pub- the public a bad image. We need to start taking pride of, our, of ourselves because if we don't take pr- any pride in ourselves, you know, that is, first of all, a reflection. But, two, you know, if you don't take pride in yourself in your occupation, you're not paying attention, you're not being safe, you're not doing your job, and it just backs up everything that Deb says. And, Deb, you preach, and I'll turn the pages. You know, and there's one other point here. You know, instead of us whining about all of this, let's get together and work together. Instead of looking to OOIDA or ATA or, or let's blame the FMCSA for this or, or CDSA for that, instead of doing that, let's get together. Let's get professional truck drivers, not the ones who are posting their comments all over Facebook, dropping F-bombs every other word, but let's get the intelligent professional drivers together with the brokers with the shippers and receivers, with the CVSA, with the FMCSA. Let's all get together and try to figure out a way that we can bring home a loan safely and productively. I absolutely agree. And I, I, I posted something similar, very similar to that on Facebook where, uh, you know, instead of all this uh, fighting and bickering and going after one another, uh, you know, let's actually talk and professionally work towards solutions. So uh, agree with everything you say, you know, but the, you know, there's, such and, a multitude of dri- there's such a multitude of drivers out there from all different kinds of, you know, walks of life, and, you know, it, it, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I agree. Alan, that's but how do you do it? Too. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a big thing. What's the, so- what's the solution? How, how do you do it? Okay, there's a lot of drivers out here. That's the other thing that needs to be addressed. You can't just have, like, a driver from the drive-in industry or these so-called drivers for Team Run Smart who are holier than thou because they got these fantastic trucks that never break down. No, you need to talk to the real-life drivers out here who are professional but who are out here working it. You need to have a bull hauler in there. You need to have a grain hopper driver in there. You need to have a flat better in there. You need to have everybody representative. You can't just say OOIDA represents all of us. They don't represent me. Women in they don't represent OOIDA does not represent me anymore either. I'm going to put that out there right now. They do yeah. not represent me, and I don't ride for them anymore either. They, uh, I'm taking my talent somewhere else where uh, it will be appreciated. So OID and landline, adios. We really nope. need to start a different organization. We need to get everybody on board. And, you know, like you're saying, oh, well, it's, there's too many drivers out here. You know what? You start small and you grow from there. But we can't have the bickering going on. We have to have intelligent people who are willing to work with each other. I don't like the thought of ELDs either, but you know what? I would put an ELD on my truck in a New York minute if I could get back the flexibility that I once had. Why can't we have a trade-off like that? Thank you. Right. That's going, oh, you know, I can't you know have an ELD on my truck. 
you could take either a 12-hour break continuous or split it up nine hours and three hours. You know, you I just to... I don't get it. It's not the ELD. Right, it's not the ELD. It's the hours of service. Why can't uh, this be traded off? Why can't this be traded off in here? I've got a question for both Sandy and uh, Deb, because I hear people, I'm a relatively new driver at, at eight and a half years, so I pretty much only know the quote-unquote newer hours of service. I don't go back to the old ones, so I, I really don't know about them. When you say flexibility, what does that mean to you? Flexibility means that when I'm coming down from North Dakota to Florida and I don't feel like driving through Nashville or Atlanta, I can pull over and park for a few hours, wait for traffic to die up, and then continue on. That's what flexibility means to me. I, I, I used to do that all the time. And, and I used to do it all the more. time, too, and I can't anymore. You can't, you can't, you can't accumulate wow. your hours towards your break. And, and that, that happens you, a lot. But can't you still do it with the, the, the eight and two sleeper no. or split? Because I, I heard somebody no. mentioning like a nine uh, and three. That, that, eight and, that eight and two sleeper or split screws up my logbook so bad it's unfreaking real. I used it twice when I had to. Okay, Alan, Alan and Richard, what 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 do you hear about flexibility here? Well, let's let's go to Sandy too, because he, uh, he uh, Tom asked Sandy the same question. Sandy, oh okay. Sandy. What's flexibility mean to you, Sandy? Okay, flexibility to me means okay. In the old rule, we could only drive ten hours out of twenty-four. Granted, without take that back, we could only drive ten hours without at least an eight-hour break. Right. Um, and so, you know, 10 hours is, is a long enough stretch. But we yeah. could even split that 10 hours up. We yep. could drive five, right. sleep five, drive five, sleep five. And for teams, that was wonderful. You just didn't run out of hours because it was five and five. And honestly, if there's two people in the truck, you probably, the way the condition of our roads today, you probably can't sleep more than five hours. Of course, I'm I'm ancient, and so I don't sleep much more than five hours at a time anyway. But like she said, to be able to pull over and not have to fight that metropolitan traffic during rush hour, that's ridiculous. So you pick up a head cold, and you just really, you've got a headache, your nose is running, your eyes are watering. Yep. So you want to take some medication and you want to lay down and let that medication work and then get back up and make your miles. There's nothing well, wrong other, with that. One other element of flexibility I'd like to mention is uh, if we get detained at a uh, shipper receiver past our 14-hour clock, that we would be legally allowed to uh, leave the facility if they would uh, did not provide overnight parking for us. So we can legally get to a safe haven and park. That would... Uh, be a lot better. Yeah. A lot of times we're stuck where we can't go anywhere. Yeah, where we're told to leave the property, or else they're gonna call the police and have our truck towed or something like that. We we've been in situations like that before. See, and these are all things that need to be brought up by intelligent discussions like what we're having now, where nobody's swearing, we're all talking about it, and we need to have a group of people who can go to the United States Congress and sit down with these people and talk with them. We don't need to have people like OOIDA threatening Andrew, you need to resign. That's not right. Well, the thing is, you know, I, you know, we, we had this vision with the, with the convention, and it, it was difficult for some people to get there. I'm starting to think that webinars 
are the new future where people can actually sign up to webinars and and have these these issues addressed but you know it it's going to be difficult i mean how do you create such uh such a formation of people such an entity? Well, you, could, you could you could start maybe like these local groups i mean there's like plenty of causes out there where people all get together and they form these groups all over the country and and you know they have local chapters and they That's uh correct all on the same page and they're trying to find solutions to a common goal, uh, a common problem. Uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing still, stopping people from doing it. You don't, you don't, what you got to do is put the word out there that, uh, you know, we're starting a group A group I have an idea for that, too. I'm just not going to share it right now, but, Don, I'll get with you, too, and it, it'll probably involve Richard and several others. But, uh, but uh, anyway, go Great ahead, idea. everybody. <laughs> uh, the other lady on here, I've forgotten your name already, sweetie. Deb. Deb. The lady, Deb. Okay. Uh, Richard explained to us, and I can't remember where we were, but Richard explained to several of us how at those, I can't never pronounce it, Mismack, Mystic, or whatever, those <laughs> meetings. Mixact. Mixact. Okay, they, they allow us to state something that won't take more than two or three minutes. We can write it down. We have to put prepare it in PDF form, send it to Richard, and they will allow him to speak in our name. And I nope. really tried to get people they, to try to do that. Hey, Sandy, the they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they, they Sandy, changed they that. Stopped that. They stopped, they stopped that. What you, yeah, what okay. you have to do now is put it in a PDF form or Word format and send it to the uh, Mixac committee meeting, and they okay. read it at the meeting. Well, you know, okay, you know, and it's the, read into the minute. It's, it's like it's read into the into the conversation, or you know, it's in so that right. It, it goes under comments. Yes, ma'am. Okay. It's okay. recorded, in other words. Mm-hmm. No, yes, no, one thing. One no. Thing, it's, re- it's written in Those by hand. People didn't you say that OIJ says from that board? Yeah, Todd Spencer. Yeah, okay. Well, Todd Spencer hasn't driven a truck in how many years? You know, excuse me. No, what I'm talking about is maybe getting a group of drivers, brokers, shippers, receivers, whatever, and let's sit down and have a meeting with these members of these safety groups, and maybe one well, day well, after if they, they, if, they formed, if they formed a safety group, these parents or whoever, they got together when they formed that group, what is it, the... Parents against tired truck drivers or something like that. that if, if, if they were able to do that and have a national organization like that or MAD or something like that, why Absolutely. can't the truckers do the same thing and have an advocacy group nationwide? Because we can't get the railroad to sponsor us and pay for our trips to Washington D.C. Yeah. Well, well those are very, very hard to to come by. <laughs> I, I, yes. pay, I pay my own. <laughs> I my own and that's what it comes that. down to, and it's it's Those difficult. Their own way. Deb, let me just tell you this: the, the your idea, I, and you know, I, I tell you, we've been really um, in a lot of conversation with James Lamb over at the AIPBA, and he has this organization. And I'm not saying that this necessarily is the organization. However, he's on the same page about getting drivers, brokers, shippers, receive everybody together for the good of the industry. Now, I mean, this is kind of like what you're saying. I think it's the small business 
Transportation Coalition. I think that's yeah. the that's the name of the group. And you know, he might be a good one to bring on board for this because he seems to be a, a a go-getter, and we can all brainstorm. But you're absolutely right. It's just very difficult to get something like this off the ground. Am I right, Rich? Alan? I well, mean, I mean, you can. But here's the thing: you're talking about funding to to go to go to trips to Washington D.C. Okay, uh, you don't really the, – the funding doesn't necessarily have to come from sponsors. The funding can come from membership dues. That's true. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's extreme – it it's going to take a lot of work to get those members, to gain their trust, to build up that membership. I mean, that's all what the membership dues are for. But what Deb and, and uh, y'all are saying I don't think is uh, unrealistic and improbable. It's just someone to step up to the plate and start the ball rolling. Yeah, I would be, Rich, I would be very glad if somebody would step up to the plate because you about wore this batter out. <laughs> <laughs> For everything you've done, Rich, though, I do personally, I appreciate everything you've done. You've taught me a lot. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, know, it, I it would take support. Much. To give, mm-hmm. uh, let me real quick. I want to throw this in here. I want to give my definition of flexibility: the ability of the driver to take a break when they know they're when they know they're fatigued, and not and 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 get credit for it, and not be uh, penalized for it. That's my definition of flexibility. There we go. Like but don't that. you think company drivers have to fight now with their employers also? I mean, they here they want to push them right to the limit and even more, just like that ape fella. Let me well, ask you to bring that drive. point up. Uh, a, a while ago, you know, I mean, he wasn't really in violation of violating. The company wasn't violating any laws by asking him to work um, because he had his 10-hour break and everything, but he was just tired. Uh, he had plenty of hours. He was just tired, and, and, they, and they were giving him a hard time because he wanted to stop. Right. So, well, that's what I'm saying. So that's another, another in, issue to throw in the pot. If, you, if well, you're in compliance Tom, with the law, driver. you want to stop. Tom, you're a company driver, right? Me? Yeah, I'm a company driver. And the thing is, is I, I sit here, and maybe I, and I work for one of the major reefer companies, and when I hear people saying that their company pushes them, I kind of sit and laugh because I've had that happen to me twice while I was at this company. Within five minutes, I was on the phone, the phone or a Qualcomm message to somebody in safety. Let's just put it that way. That person in question has never, ever ever in my eight and a half years asked me to do that again. Well, good for you. Maybe I work for an unusual company, but that well, is one true. of the things they preach to us every safety meeting. If you feel tired, pull over, take a nap. We will back you up. Well, Thank so you, the company Tom, for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah, Tom, that's actually what the attitude that my company has, too, especially after... One of our trucks uh, slammed into the back of that bus down in Florida back in 2006. They, uh, if we're tired, there is no argument out of them at all, and that's the way it should be. And now yeah, you're I mean, the time it, companies it, it should, that you, like I, you two work I can for say in, don't have access. I can, I can say in my years of OTR driving, I was pushed to the limit more times than I can count. Listen, I, I'm watching the time. A uh, caller from Illinois just just popped up the hand. Let's uh, or yeah, from Illinois. Let's get him in here as our time winds down. Area code six three zero, Illinois. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob Stanton. Real quick, you mentioned webinars hey, for drivers. I 
I work with the Truckers for a Cause chapter of Awake, which is a small group that deals with drivers with sleep apnea. We've learned the hard way. Webinars don't work. You want to stick to conference calls like this. Most drivers don't have the bandwidth while they're away from home to participate in a webinar. Second okay. point is, yes, people have brought up like Mixac and submitting comments. During the last round of hours of service, we did an educational conference call for truck drivers on how to submit comments. John Hill, the former FMCSA administrator, was one of the speakers, and Joe Rockovitz was the other one. But there's a lot of real simple things about how to submit comments to make them more useful. So just throwing that out to add to the discussion. Uh, hey, Alan, Donna, don't you have a, uh, don't you have a, uh, a video of somebody showing people how to do that? Didn't you, didn't you do it at the convention? Yeah. I did. That was we have to that's go what through I our tape. How to file co comments. I was going website. We have a, an audio file of that educational conference call with John Hill and Joe Rockovitz that goes into how to submit comments to the docket for anything that's pending. It was during hours of service that we purposely made the, excuse me, made the educational to apply to any rulemaking you want to submit comments for. Right. I did the same thing with the PowerPoint. Yeah, and, it was. And, uh, do you still have that PowerPoint? Um, we have the tapes, and I'll, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what. You do have the PowerPoint. Um, yeah. You know, why don't we why don't we start sharing that? And I mean, in getting that out there too, and having and Bob, thanks for calling. Um, appreciate it. Uh, and share this kind of information. And this is this is what we're we're trying to achieve. I think right now is this idea of sharing information with one another. And I guess if there was a focal point somewhere where all this could go to. And I guess that's what we have to try to create. I mean, the only thing I uh, can let me think try of to is find, LinkedIn. Let me try to find a PowerPoint, and what I'll do is I'll post it under my uh, website under um, latest news. Okay, right on your website. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and where did you say yours is, Bob? Okay, uh, it's awake.truckersforacause.com. And if you look through the meeting archives, There'll be uh, one of the archive meetings is the meeting with Joe and John on submitting comments. Okay. Well, why don't you both? Um, this is like the easiest thing is to post that link on on our Facebook page, so that it's, okay. we can you know have it accessible once it has it's up there. And I'm thinking about um, you know maybe we'll create a group or something on LinkedIn. Uh, where it'll be, where people can can actually, you know, come to 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 discuss these things. It's got to start somewhere, though. And you know, no, there's too many I, Facebook. I would say no. The LinkedIn group needs to be the place where you post the dockets that are open with links to the open docket. We can argue all we want on LinkedIn. We need to get people to actually submit written comments to the docket. Yeah, I agree, I agree with him 100%. And you also, and it's like I do, I post all of the notices of proposed rulemakings and notices of comments 
I try to post them on every page, including yours, Alan, so people can click on that, and there's instructions in there how to file right, right on the right below the summary column. Now the, you're you're referring to like the comments on the um, DOT site. I, I, yeah. Are we talking about the MIXAC meetings now? Or are we talking no, about no, commenting no. I'm, I'm, on? The, I'm talking about the uh, the Federal Register that's published every day. Right. Okay. So, but not to confuse people, those are two different comments, correct? One's for the MIXAC, the advisory meetings, oh, the and one's... Oh, okay, we're talking, yeah. The MIXAC, all the MIXAC is, you, when, when they come up, on the, you go to the MIXAC website, uh, which is the federal DOT website for the um, Motor Carrier Safety Alliance Council meetings, and you go on and you'll see Agenda. And when you click on the agenda for the meeting, it'll have a, seg a portion in there where it tells you how to uh, submit um, your comments to the MIXAC committee. And then once you send it to Shannon Watson, Shannon Watson puts it into the minutes. They don't read it. They just put it into the minutes, and it becomes part of public record. Okay, so just to explain to everybody, these are two different comment sections that we are t uh, talking about, and I think we need to clarify that when we yeah, start the posting first links one I'm and everything. About is notice of proposed rulemaking, notice for comments, right. or notice of final rule that comes out in the Federal Register, and those you have to go on every day. But what they do is, I normally when they go on there, I post those, I, I share those, and post those all over Facebook is one way you can go to them, and then you just click on that link, and that link will take you right to that Federal Registry notice, and then you can put your comments in on that. The second one is how to make your comments heard at the MIXAC committee. And I want to just bring up something about the MIXAC committee. We were looking at the members the other day, and I don't see any drivers on there or, um, or people like yourselves. Uh, I mean... It, it looked to me like mostly law enforcement and advocacy. Am I correct? Absolutely. Alan, is, did you see anything other than the um, – and, and Todd Spencer of OIDA? I made a post on Ask the Trucker listing who they were, uh -huh. and yeah. that was the majority of them. And I, I pointed out in that post that there was not a single current active experienced truck driver on that board. Okay. No. Oh, there no, you go. The only, the only other one besides Todd, Todd Spencer is a gentleman that owns a small trucking company, and mm -hmm. basically um, they let him speak, but the power comes from the advocates from and law enforcement. Uh, you've got ATA. You've got – there's a representative from Walmart. There's a representative from, um, I think it's Snyder National. And other than that, it's all law enforcement and advocate people. Right, uh, and that's what we saw. Um, so, I mean, how do you get, how do you make it fair and balanced over there? What would you need to do? There's not, there's nothing you can do but stand up in your four mm -hmm. minutes and, and have a very detailed, concise uh, comment to make and how it directly relates, and not bantering on some argument because they're not going to give you the time of day. But when you go in there, make sure you have your data is correct, your information is correct. You, in that four minutes, has to have correct, correct data. The rest of the committee can uh, voice or uh, vote on a, uh, a regulation that has no supportive data or documentation behind it that's credible. Okay, but how do you get people on the committee so it's more rounded? 
You have to be appointed. They have to be voted and, upon, and, don't they? Yeah, you're no, you're appointed by Ann Farrow. And trust me, it's the typical bunch that's been over there in Washington for the last 10 years. It's a good old boy and a good old girl club. And if you don't think it is, come to one of the meetings, and you'll find out just how much of it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so Ann Farrow appointed all those uh, advocacy and, and, and like that? She reappointed the ones that were reappointed from Ann Sandberg and John Hill's administration. Okay. All right. Well, hey, but you time have to apply is... for it. They make a notice of it. You make an application. I've made application for every MECSAC opening there's been, and I get the same letter. Thank you very much. Um, but we're full right now. All right. Hey, time uh, Time is winding down. Uh, 13 minutes and 50 seconds to go. Don, do you have any announcements? Yeah, I have. I have well, my computer's down. Um well, I got to go take a break, but I didn't know if you did or not. Well, I, I you might got a few. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple. I don't have the ones that I had in front of me, but I'll. Uh, okay, I'll... Uh, thirteen minutes and thirty seconds to go. Mike, Jeff, Richard, Sandy, John, Tom, Bob, uh, all the other listeners on the line appreciate it. Listen, we got to take a quick break and wrap it up. What a great show this has been, huh? We'll wrap it up on Truth About Trucking Live when we come back. Hang with us. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truck TruckerLawyers.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, Donna, I was counting during the break, 48 phone lines out of 50 were full. So great show, uh, great input from everybody. I lost track of, we had some giveaways to give out. I don't even know, did we do that? Oh, you're on mute. 
<laughs> okay, there goes my mute button. Um, yes, we did. We had two winners in the chat room, uh, Molly and uh, Rich Chelson. And because I don't, I'm not in the chat room. My computer went down during the storm um, twice, so I can't see what went on there. But we do have instructions on how to get your CDs. And there might be another winner too. I just can't remember. But all the instructions were in the chat room of what to do. So if you did win a Tony Justice CD and the Asante Organics Green and Red packets from uh, Rich Chelson, um, please just uh, contact us and we'll make sure you get your prizes. Now, who won the Asante Organics? Uh, well, I don't have it in front of me. It seemed like Molly, and that was just the screen name. Well, Molly just winning everything. Mo- yeah, she's she's she won a couple of things tonight. Good. Um, and you know the other winners. You know you can just. Say something on Facebook, let us know, or something, or we'll just let us know because I can't see you anymore in the chat room. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I want to also thank uh, Bob Stanton and Rich Wilson for calling in tonight, and along with uh, all our callers. Everybody, uh, great, great callers, great show. Deb and Jeff and John and Tom and Sandy, and did I forget anybody? Uh, I think I got them all. Our buddy Mike in Alabama. And Mike, I forgot his name. Mike. Great state of Alabama. And and let's see, um, I, I will mention, uh, I'm going to mention a couple of names now, Asante Organics. And that's where uh, we're getting uh, a lot of our organic uh, food. We talked about them on our last show, and we're going to have another show regarding uh, health next week or the week after. Um, we have to check our schedule with that. Um, also, want to thank, uh, hey, Rich, you know, give you a shout-out. I know you, you're working hard on your Center Lane show over at Genesis Radio and um, and Bob over at your Awake group Uh I, I don't. I didn't mark it down, but uh, I know you do a lot of work with uh, sleep apnea, and you were looking forward to the show tonight with Elaine Papp, which is my next announcement. Uh, that had to be postponed. Uh, there was a last-minute uh, problem with that. Elaine had a reschedule, and uh, we'll be we'll be posting that soon. And that's going to be uh, regarding qualifications, exemptions, waivers and regulations uh, regarding the medical aspect of the trucking industry and drivers. Um, I want to just say uh, uh, thanks to Tony Justice, uh, Apple Pie Moonshine CD. Uh, you can get his CD if you if you haven't won it here in the chat room, or if you haven't picked it up yet, you can go to all the uh, truck stops. Um, I mean, they get rid of them pretty fast, so don't be discouraged. If you don't get one, just try the next one because uh, we were talking to Tony the other day, and as soon as they get them in, they get sold out. So just keep trying because I know it's a really popular CD with everyone, not just drivers. Um, I want to give a real big shout-out to all our sponsors, and uh, thank you for all your support. And I just have to put my my glasses on here to read them all. Here we go, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, Truckers Justice Center, Gear Armor, Onboard Oil Tech, TruckerToTrucker.com, TCRG Consultants, Truck Help, Vorblade, Truckers America, Go CDL Jobs, Trucker Lawyers, DOT Authority, Pinnacle Truck Driver Training, Team Run Smart, and MissingTruckDriver.com. And we just uh, appreciate everybody's support and all that they're doing in the industry. Uh, If you want to be a part 
of uh, uh, sponsorship or advertising and supporting uh, what Alan and I do, uh, please, you can either uh, send an email to info at truthabouttrucking.com, send us a Facebook message, or you can just call us at 352-465-7476. well, I think I, I don't, like I said, I lost my screen with the rest of my notes, so I'm kind of stuck here. Uh, but I think I covered covered most of the announcements. I just want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. It was a great discussion, and a lot of great ideas came out of this, and we really appreciate it. So that's it for me, Alan. Yeah, thanks again to the callers and listeners online and those in the chat room. Uh, big show, great show. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Hey, we're going to leave you with a, a fellow trucker who's a, a rising uh, artist as Tony Justice, Brad James. And his uh, link is uh, up in the show description. You can just Google Brad James Detention Time, and uh, you can see the video that goes along with the song. So we're going to play Detention Time by, uh, James, uh, by Brad James. And uh, I guess that will do it. Uh, Again, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, truthabouttrucking.com, astatrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith, and thanks for listening.
again, all folks.